A one, a two. We have a thousand things to do, but we'd rather chat to you. With emails and meetings and husbands and kids, we don't have time for this. Just what you need to basic bitches with a podcast. Hello and welcome to We Don't Have Time For This. I'm your host, Gemma Pranita, aka Gemma Peanut, on the gram, along with my co-host, Kate Revs. Oh, there was a downward cadence. I don't know. Every week I try something new. Am I Kate? Am I Revsy? Am I Revsity Duda? Who knows? It just feels too boring and vanilla to say Kate. You know, there's a bit of a minor tone in your voice. Is there? A little bit. What's going on? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Life. Or life, or life, or life. Do, 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 do. What was that song? Gracie May? Macy Gray. No, it wasn't Macy Gray. Oh, wasn't it? No, but it was someone and it was like, I'd rather see a ghost than have a piece of toast. toast. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Who is that? It was a one hit wonder for sure. Do you know who it was? Who? Desiree. (gasps) Desiree. Desiree. Oh my gosh. Life. Such a good song. Life. I feel like that is a good answer for most questions in my life these days. Oh, me too. People are like, how are you? I'm like, you know, Life, all life. <laughs> How about the kids? All life. But you can just answer in song. Would well, you know what's life all life for me this week? What? Shark Week. Every time it rolls around, it's like, again. I know. It sneaks up on me. Do you know what scares me is the acceleration of time? And do you know what scares me even more? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm getting hella existential, I know. But do you remember when you were a kid? Mm. It felt like an eternity until Christmas rolled around again. Uh And now in our 30s, I feel like time is moving at a lightning pace. Totally. And the other day, mum said to me, oh, just wait till you get to my age. It it goes even faster. And I was like, no, 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 no. It can't go even faster. Of course it does. It's relevant to how long you've been on the earth. Yeah, but I'm not okay with it. Well, get good with it. Because life, oh, life. All life. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Oh. So the people need to know what's happening with Dummy Gate. Well, <laughs> if we were recording this podcast even just two nights ago, you would have a very different answer okay. to tonight. So for those who haven't heard, I have been gearing up to dummy weaning Rafa for the last month like it's been dummy chat that on Easter she's going to give her dummies over to the Easter bunny to then give to all the babies of the world and in return she gets chocolate and a gift yeah so that narrative has been rolling around our house for the last month to the point where she could recite that back to me word (laughs) for word I heard it she was actually quite excited I think it works well to plant the seed early definitely because she was really pumped for the day she really understood that this is the day I become a big girl. Aww. So Easter rolls around and my wonderful next door neighbor, Matt, he offered to dress up as the Easter bunny, turn up at our doorstep, take Rafa's dummies and give her the gift. And he has a proper suit because that could go real bad if it was like, Matt, like if she was onto it, she'd be like, I'm not giving this guy my dummies. Oh my God. It's like a full on head to toe bunny suit. Not like him having to wear like bunny makeup with yeah. whiskers. Like it was a full on helmet headpiece. Yeah, it was like a mascot. Yeah. From like Disneyland yeah. situation. And the bunny even had a waistcoat and a bow tie. Super whimsical. Very on brand for you. But he's got kids who are slightly older than mine. So he is 
well-versed okay. with what to do. His wife, Charlotte, said to me, do you know what? Bunnies can be quite scary yeah. to kids. Has Rafa ever seen one? And I was like, oh no, that's a really good point. So Charlotte pre-recorded a video of him in the suit to send to my phone so I could be like, look, Rafa, the Easter Bunny's visiting other children's homes. Look, look, look. And it right. was like a video of him like coming down the stairs, oh, like cool. pottering about doing his thing. And she must have asked me to watch this video like a hundred times. Okay, so she was prepped for the epic Donnie Darko vibes. Hungy P. <laughs> but here's the thing. Even after all that prep work and her falling in love with the version of the bunny in my phone, the second that Matt turned up at the door, she was fucking spooked. Yeah. She backed away, like completely changed her vibe and she kind of didn't want a bar of him. But yeah. then at the same time, she was incentivized with the gift. So she knew that she had to kind of make half an effort. Like I could literally watch her brain being like, I don't like him, but I know he's got some goods yeah. that I would like. So I'm just going to play it cool, yeah. but keep my distance. Yeah. Anyway, she willingly handed over the dummies. And I think if we're going to make this like a parenting lesson, yeah, I know our podcast sure. isn't about that. <laughs> They say that the best thing to do with dummy weaning is to empower the kid to hand it over, not that you confiscate the dummies. Yeah. So she willingly handed them over and then she got this gift basket with a Humpty Dumpty Easter egg and a cozy dozy, yeah. which she was obsessed with. Really interestingly, quite a few people DM'd me and said, oh, brutal, like you gave her a cozy dozy that comes with its own dummy Yeah. and she doesn't get hers. And it I was, crossed my mind. Did it? Yeah. No, but this is the thing. For me, it was so deliberate. What it symbolises is, is that she's now a big girl and looking after the and babies. looking after a baby who has a dummy yeah okay I feel like it worked yeah but yeah I copped a little bit of crit for that <laughs> cop some crit on the gram <laughs> <I did. laughs> and for the rest of the day she was hunky-dory she was dosed up with chocolate yep. absolutely losing her mind all right high as a kite loving life didn't ask for the dummy once Take me to bedtime. Oh, God. You can just smell it in the air, can't you? Yeah. Exorcism, <laughs> screaming for her dummies. I experienced a new level of parent guilt that I wasn't quite prepared for. Okay. Because I know this sounds dramatic, yeah. but it was like watching her go through grief. Or withdrawal. Yeah. Yeah, totally. A little from column A and a little from <laughs> column B. It's just a bit of a strung out junkie. Yeah, it was really hectic. Yeah. Makes and sense. She's had it with her in bed every single night since she was born. Yeah, and that's the most heartbreaking thing is that it's the thing that brings her so much comfort. Yeah. Do you know what was funny though? I felt the collective smugness online of any parents who have dummy free kids. Oh, whatever. They've all got something. No, but legit, I had this one person person slide into my dms i don't know what she thought she was doing by telling me this comment like right. i was like what are you getting at like yeah. this is not helpful but she basically said oh yeah i saw a girlfriend of mine go through this with her kid and i learnt no dummies for my kids plus they're really oh. bad for their teeth and well, i was like applause to you i was like thanks for the afterthought <laughs> yeah. on the dentistry like cool. i'll just go back three years and like yeah like undo everything so not helpful <sighs> but do you know what i felt like saying back was do you know what a magic fucking button a dummy is <laughs> yes. like i have enjoyed enjoyed three years of bliss motherfucker yeah and now it's three nights of pain good trade-off i will take the three nights of pain and now that i'm on the other side of it i'm like that wasn't so bad at all all right so give us some hope for the dummy mums out there okay so 
people told me yep. it was going to be around three nights. Yep. Did I believe them? No. no. Of course I didn't because people told me <laughs> that it would take me three days to toilet train Rafa. Uh-huh. Did it? No. no. So I wasn't picking up what people were putting down. But no, they were right. <laughs> like I sit corrected. So two nights of anxiousness and... She was waking up every couple of hours going, oh. I want my dummies. And the oh most heartbreaking God. line that came out of her mouth was, I don't want to be a big girl anymore. I want to be a baby. Mommy, I'm a baby. So I need my dummies again. Oh my God. And I had to keep sort of holding her while she was like sobbing in my oh arms my saying, Rafi, remember you gave them to the bunny and you got your baby and you got your chocolate. And she was like, I don't want any of it. You know, it was just carrying on. The daytime's easier, of course, because you can distract them yeah we could do puzzles painting all the things that she loves but it was night that was really hard like i'm not gonna get up and fucking build a puzzle at two o'clock in the morning (laughs) don't fuck with that that sounds awful yeah the funny thing is do you have sleep props because i have a ton of sleep props to go to bed i need one earbud in on the side i'm not lying on my pillow i have my podcast in i spray my pillow with lavender essence i have my full glass of water next to my bed and if all those things aren't in alignment i find it really hard to go to sleep i'm exactly the same and yet we are constantly telling ourselves no 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 props no props for the children oh no i'm all about sleep props yeah my kids have sound machines yep. they've got their bunny comforters yeah blackout blinds all the things all the things moshi stories now you all know that i pop that meditation app on every night ah oh, it's okay we're allowed those things yeah but you felt it was time for her to move on from the dummies and you've done it so fucking big pat on the back babe thank you so last night she slept through she slept through brilliant she slept soundly and not only that iggy slept through too i needed that to happen because i was about to lose the will to live yeah (laughs) sleep deprivation man it's fucking killer it's not okay and the third night is the worst the third night is when you completely drop your bundle yeah you can almost do one one's fine two you like start to wobble third night like check me into the asylum <laughs> we'll say though pretty glad i'm not gonna have to go through this with iggy i know he's a thumb sucker i'm oh, sorry is that a bit of smugness a bit of smugness coming up here with the non-dummy Shit. baby <laughs> call me a hypocrite <laughs> I know thumb sucking is a whole other kettle of fish, but do you know what? I'm a few years away from that, so I don't care. Oh, yeah. Later, you can worry about that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I have something that's really exciting in my oh, life. Oh, pray tell. Look, I'm a relationships person. You know, I like friendships. I like making new friends. I like gathering people into my life. It's always been really important to me to have a barista that I'm close with. Ooh. And I've got one. Faye, she's amazing. Knows my order. Sees me coming. Swipes it through happiest I've ever been when I've got a good barista shout out to Faye shout out to Faye is she a mum would she listen to this potty nah no way she's way too cool and has her own life going on (laughs) but one thing I've always wanted is to be able to text a hairdresser and like jam ideas and be like are you free and just make it super simple and easy yeah remember when I didn't like my hair and I found that mobile hairdresser yeah she like came to your place yeah she's my new BFF and I've never been happier okay I need to get amongst this we are in the lust phase we are new friends today she sent me four voice memos describing this color she wants to do to my hair she's coming over to my house she's giving me a trim she's told me how much it's gonna be and how often I'm gonna have to get it done we are in the throes of a new 
romantic relationship. Oh my God, do you get all those feels where like her name appears in your text yes. and you get all giddy? I'm like, so excited. She's coming over. She's coming over. <laughs> Only two more days. Oh, it's just a nice feeling to have that good thing in your life. Oh, I'm definitely getting that number off you. Yeah, I'll hook you up. You can always come here and have it done at the same time. Hey, we could record a potty while we're in foils. Oh my God. Multitasking. I thought you were over the foils. Yeah, I don't get foils. Yeah, you regretted your last brighten up, didn't I, you? I did. I did. I, I just know that blondes have more fun and I'm such a wannabe and I'm just not a blonde. Yeah, you really, your hair does not want to be blonde. No, it doesn't. I, I just need to lean into the fact that I'm just another brunette. <laughs> Babe, scratch the surface, we're all just another brunette. It's true. It's just some of us can chuck peroxide in and it does what it's supposed to. <laughs> so do you know what I don't have time for? What don't you have time for, Rebsy? I don't have time for where ambition intersects with parenting. Oh, I feel this deep in my bones. So I'm on my phone scrolling away the other night, as I do, mindlessly scrolling, looking for kitchen inspo. And up on Instagram pops this meme that I was not ready for. It's a tweet from Black Ashley at Ashley Simpo. And she says, sending love to everyone existing at the intersection of ambition and parenthood. And I was not ready. No, it, it hurts how true that is. It just hit me somewhere in the feels. That's the words around the feelings I'm having at the moment. Yeah, it is. I have so many big work goals yep. at the moment. I love my job. I love everything that's going on in my life. I've got huge dreams. I'm really committed to it. But the time I can actually allocate to it feels non-existent. Yep. And I love a hustle, as you know love to hustle but there's literally no space in the day to hustle and I'm, I'm just getting down about it yeah I mean I I, I think it's a universal problem yeah. with, with all parents and it, it really sucks when you're met with the reality of that I feel like I'm in a situation at the moment where I've got the stark contrast of working alongside someone in quite an intimate way who doesn't have kids yeah so this is Emma Kate yeah. I can talk openly about this because we're going to be launching a very exciting new project together my work windows are so narrow mm. and the really difficult thing that I feel like I'm navigating at the moment is I feel like a constant letdown to her to her because she's got wider windows yeah and I feel like I've become that person who makes the excuse oh my god of yes. kids all the time and I just feel like Jem you can't bring up your kids again for a reason why you haven't been able to get something done by a deadline like credit to her she's never said anything to make me feel less than or that I'm disappointing her if anything she really lifts me up and is, yeah. is such a, a champion of me which is so generous of her but it became blaringly obvious to me when I went to Melbourne yeah. to do a work trip and I stayed at Em's house for a few nights and we were able to work till like seven o'clock yeah normally my work day ends at 4 30 yeah and then I have to go and pick Iggy up from daycare and then wrap her up from daycare and then you're deep into the routine routine of dinner, bath, book, bedtime routine, and then you eat dinner for yourself. Yeah. You might have eye contact with your husband yeah. who you've literally not even exchanged more than two words with. And then all I want to do is just sit on the couch and watch maths yeah <laughs> or something you know I just need to escape and yeah. switch off decompress decompress then you wake up in the morning and my day starts at 6 a.m and I've had a whole morning of shit before kid free 
people's mornings even begin. I know. And I'm already tired. I know. (laughs) And none of this is like light bulb. We all know this is the kid roundabout, right? But I think I thought, okay, I'll have babies and they'll be really little for a little amount of time. And then, you know, we'll get into routines of care and school or whatever. Off they go to school and then I'll get like throw myself back into my career, right? As I've mentioned on here before, I'm finding they're needing me more and more and more. And I want quality time with them. I really do. It's not that they're like this big hassle in the way of my ambition. I want a life with them. I had them for a reason. I had them to have them, Mm. you know, not to like get them out the door so I can get on with my own stuff. But there's literally not space. But obviously I'm not giving up my kids, but I don't want to give up my career and I don't want to give up my ambitions. I don't want to turn them down. I don't want to do any of that. But then what do you give up? Because as we've said before, you can't have it all. And I call BS on anyone who's selling a bullshit dream that you can have it all because you can't. There's just simply not enough hours in the day to be everything for everyone at max capacity. Like you, you just can't. I mean, I haven't had a lunch break in about five years. But you also did say last week that those are your peak prime working (laughs) hours where you're in your genius zone. So you're like, I don't have a lunch break because I'm on a roll. (laughs) That's not time I can give up when I'm on a roll. Like you can't just step away. You know, I don't want to let go of my friendships. I've got family and friends and people who need me in my life as well. But what am I saying? What's my point? Again, I don't really know. This is what I don't have time for this week. Quite Literally. Do you not have time for it this week or did you not have time for that meme? (laughs) I didn't have time for that. You know when a meme just serves up some realness in your face and you're like, fuck, (laughs) that meme saw me. (laughs) I'm seen by this meme. Well, do you know what? I saw a quote that really punched me in the guts recently. I've never worked so hard to disappoint so many people. Oh my God, yes. Yes, I was with you. Yeah. It's such a good quote. Yes. It so sums up working parenthood. It does. Because you are carrying a mental load like never before. The pressures on women, you know, we are definitely encouraged to go back into the workforce. There's merit in the argument that as women, we need to carve out our own independence. Absolutely. And I'm all about that. But then we still carry the majority of the parenting mental load. Do you know what it is as well for me is that I work in an office. There's lots of parents. We're half and half, half parents, half non-parents. But I just feel like I'm the one. I never turn up first. I'm always like the last one into the office. I'm always the most tired. I've always got the same bloody answer to how are you? (laughs) You know, it's always like, ah, you know, school holidays. But I can't check myself and I can't pretend it's not my reality that I've got all these kind of spinning plates and balls juggling or insert metaphor here. But I'm just sick of it. I'm sick of myself talking about it, thinking about it, when honestly, I don't want to change anything. Mm. Like if I really break it down and go, okay, you're not handling it. It's too much. What are we going to remove from the equation? Well, not your kids. Can't remove the kids. Wouldn't if I could. Don't want to change my job and career. Really want to hold on to social engagements like catching up with friends and that kind of thing. That's mental health. Totally. Look, I've already nixed exercise. Let's call it I did that to make more space or I just never did it. Whatever. That's not even in my schedule. I aspire still to have that in my schedule. I don't know why, but I do look at those Fitzbo people and I'm like, (laughs) how? And especially when they're mums, I'm like, how? I know. I know. Look, you can make time for anything. This podcast is an example of that. You can literally make time for anything. As I'm saying it out loud, I feel like what needs to change is my attitude to it or something. Like I need to get good with 
the fact that I'm manic and I need to stop waiting for it to change or get easier. Yeah. And I think that's the problem. We do get trapped in the pitfalls of thinking that, oh, it will be easier when the kids are this age. Yes. Like I have it in my head naively that, oh, well, when my kids are at school, yeah, I'm going to have all this time. But that's complete crap because then their school hours become nine till three and then you have homework and then you have reading and then you have school engagements and you have play dates with school friends and there's parent catch-ups and parent teacher nights and school activities and sport and blah 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 blah. but also not to mention the complexities of new emotions exactly and that's like one of the biggest things yeah so i guess what i just need to like totally change my attitude i think This is what I've discovered in this moment, talking it out on this podcast. Thank you for being my therapy. (laughs) I know you gave me shit about this before, but I do think that there is merit in the whole mindset of instead of saying, I have to, you Mm. change it to, I I get get to. to. Because it checks your privilege. Yeah. Look, we all have days when we just want to fucking rail at our kids. But what I get to does for me is reminds me that there are people who don't get to. Yeah. If I was given the choice to be in a position where I get to wipe down a high chair for the hundredth time or the option to not get to do that, it's a no brainer. Yeah. So I do find that it's helpful for me to just go, no, Jem, you get to do this. Some people don't. And it also takes me back to a time. It's amazing how quickly we forget things, but it takes me back to the time when I so desperately yearned to be a mum. Mm. Sometimes I get really ragey at myself for like, oh, you got the kids and now you're complaining about it. Like, just stop, Jem. Yeah. But... The reality of the day-to-day of juggling a career and kids is fucking hard. There's no denying that, but there's no solution. That's the thing. And I think that's something I have to get really good at is if I'm really honest with myself, I'd change nothing. So we need to just stop whinging. Just stop whinging. (laughs) Just get on with it. Do you know what I really struggle with lately? It's my own undoing. But when I'm sort of in this state of I'm spinning too many plates in the air is when loved ones who mean well are like, well, you need to just do less. Yeah. I think it's the hard thing about being a creative who has to have purpose to everything they do. My husband does not get it. But why isn't parenting enough purpose for us? Like, are we broken? That is the biggest purpose you could have in life. Create and raise little human beings and help them form who they're going to be and nourish them and care for them and look after them and enjoy them and all those things. That does not fill me up. Does that make me terrible? No, I actually appreciate your honesty on that because I feel the same. And I can even go as so far as to say that sometimes I envy people who feel the enoughness of that. Oh my God, me too. But in a very genuine, not no, like, not in not a, like, oh, I, I wish I could only want no, children. It's no, no, not no. that I am the same. Well, I often wonder why am I always chasing yeah, something? Me too. Yeah, I always feel like I'm chasing something too. And back to what you said before, I feel like I'm waiting for it to get easier. It just is life now. Like I think I thought, okay, a couple of years when they're little, we'll get through that and then it'll just get easier and easier and easier. But the school holidays roll around and I'm like, again? Like what? the period. Like what? <laughs> 
exactly <laughs> like your period. It's like, this fucking thing's back again. I got to sort this out and throw money at this and feel bad and go through the emotional thing. It took me 25 minutes to drop Isla off at her school camp this morning. Why? Because she didn't want to go because it's the school holidays. And now she's at a point where she's like, I don't want to go to this lame camp that you've sent me to because you have to go to work. I want to stay home and have my school holidays and relax. And you know what? I probably should just let her. But I will get nothing done. Why did you send her to a lame camp? Well, I, did, I, don't, <laughs> I didn't think it would be lame. It's That's just my down, question. It's just down the road. It's at her after school camp. She knows everyone there. Like, you know, I asked her, what do you want to do? Tennis or mush? And she said mush. But well, then that's on you, Isla. <laughs> <laughs> that's on you, little six-year-old. But yeah, like, what's my fucking point? Well, your point is that it's all just hard and I think we're both feeling quite weighed down by it all this week. And that's okay. I don't want this to become like whinge FM, (laughs) you know, where it's just like, God, everything's so hard for us. We're so busy and blessed with so many children. Oh my God, we are so genuinely lucky. But fucking hell. (laughs) But also we can't just show up on the potty and put on a performance. No. This week we're both feeling weighed down and totally trapped in a prison of our own ambition that is currently at the intersection of of parenthood parenthood. and the meme threw it in my face like a cream pie yeah because ambition and parenthood is just not compatible i think i just find it difficult because if i was a man i don't think i would have this same tension i feel like a man is allowed to be fiercely ambitious and do a little bit less of the parenting in the younger years without the guilt and the tension and the strain and the stress. And also they don't seem to have the same level of other relationships on top of your household and your work, which is friends who are going through stuff, family who may need you, parents who need you, siblings, whatever. There's this 360 life. As a woman. As a woman. Yeah. That is just, you know, not going anywhere. But how do I get good with it? Tell me an answer. (laughs) Tell me what to do. Quit your whinging. Quit your whinging. And get on with it. When you can't quit your job, quit your whinging. (laughs) (laughs) I genuinely don't know if we'll ever achieve equality. And I know this is a really random call, but I just don't think we will ever get there until men can carry babies. The really challenging thing is, and I've now started to see this because we're all a few kids deep now amongst our friendship circle, but you watch your friends step out of the workplace because this baby is so dependent on their mother. And they want to. But then what happens is the job that gets held for them So this is kind of happening to someone I know where she works in a real man's world industry and she's actually getting punished for having had her maternity leave. So she's not offered any job opportunity in terms of growth. Mm. She's given the shit kicker jobs now. So she's now no longer even enjoying her job that she's taking time away from her kids to do. Yeah. And so then is the option to like step out of her career because now she's wondering, well, I'm not being challenged. Yeah. I'm literally watching people around me ascend in their careers. And then I'm like, well, maybe I should just step away and be with my kids. And again, this is something that people tell you, don't they? Like before you have kids, climb as hard and as fast in your career as you can so that you can pause at a certain point on the ladder while you have young children. And then hopefully you can step back in and pivot and whatever and sort of keep going. People tell you that. But I didn't fully appreciate it. So now I'm like, okay. 
come on, cop wise, what is the next phase that everyone tells you about that you don't hear? Yeah. How can I turn this into a huge evolution lesson for myself? And be like, what is the next phase? And how can I actually listen to the mothers who went before me about what I should do now? But you know what I'm scared of? What? I'm scared they're going to say, work can wait. Don't miss these precious years. They do all say that. Yeah. So why can't I listen for once? (laughs) I think maybe it's because our counterparts don't have to do that. And I think it's hard for us to go, well, why aren't you pausing and stopping and yeah. enjoying these years? Why do you get to continue to ascend in what it is that you're doing? Yeah. So I think that's why we find it hard. But if men paused yeah, and then their bosses or their companies didn't then give them the opportunities and then therefore they're not as incentivized to try so hard, maybe it would be different. But that's not the situation that we're facing at the moment. Yeah. Like not to get too political on this, but... I have real issues with the cost of childcare. Oh my God, 100%. Like I look at countries like Denmark Mm -hmm. where that has been absorbed by the state and childcare is just straight up free. I know people will argue, but it's never free. The taxpayer is paying for it, sure. But it's made a priority to incentivize women to go back into the workforce. And I have this big problem at the moment where childcare in Australia is just so freaking expensive. And I'm not going to sit here and say that it's the woman's salary that goes towards childcare because I hate that mentality. It's got to be half and half. Absolutely. But the assumption, right? I mean, how many times have you heard women say, oh, I'm basically going to work for free because my salary goes all into childcare. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And I really protest against that statement because it's like, well, why? Why is it on you yeah, to cover the cost some of, of your partner's salary also covering daycare? Yeah, like they're their kids too. It's just how we think about it mentally. And I know that the daycare has recently changed to a scaling system, but it still doesn't incentivize women to go back to work. I think a better thing to do would be to make it a tax deduction. I don't know anything about any of this and how this stuff works, except that I also think it should be free. But it doesn't incentivize you to go back to work and really climb either, because if you earn too much, your rebate goes. That's exactly right. And then you pay more childcare, which is fair in a like societal way. But for the individual, it does not incentivize you. But how about when COVID happened and they clicked their fingers and childcare was free? overnight yeah so it's doable it's doable it can be done why aren't we doing it i don't know but i do think another solution and i was chatting to my brother-in-law about this is to make it a tax deduction so imagine women go back to work and you can claim childcare as a full tax deduction amazing so it's a tax write-off so then that way you're like cool i'm getting rewarded yeah by going back to work and contributing to the economy contributing to the economy yeah contributing to your household finances whatever it may be yeah but you get rewarded with free childcare. oh how good do that guys do that <laughs> maybe i'll start a petition yeah maybe you should go and run for government god no <laughs> i can't think of anything worse <laughs> but you know what else is i don't know about every household but i can talk about my own household it's nighttime this is where the real inequity is right and look again i designed it this way but i'm mad at it now My husband goes to bed. He wakes up with the kids at 6 or 5.30 whenever they get up. That's our deal because he could sleep through a war. So I always thought, all right, well, you get a good night's sleep and you get up with them and I'll catch, I don't know, another half an hour in the morning of sleep when the kids first wake up. But any needs for the children in the night, which, you know, are very frequent, 
are on me. So not only am I carrying all this mental load and the work stuff, but I'm also fucking tired yes. and so over it and no one can help me. I know. You can't outsource parenting overnight. Well, you can if you have tons of money and you want that kind of night care or whatever. But, you know, I don't. I want to be there for my kids in the night. But, Jem. But why do they always want mum? <laughs> they always want mum. My husband, like yours can sleep through an atomic bomb. It's quite extraordinary. It is. He never hears Iggy crying in the night. Oh, here's another meme that was too real once upon a time. This is just like, let's recount some memes with Jem and Kate. I saw this meme once that said, sleep like a baby. I want to sleep like a husband. Husband. (laughs) Yeah, ain't that the truth? I want to know about same-sex partnerships. Are both those mums up in the night, like, fretting and making lists and freaking out? And do they get into fights, you know, because they're up and trying to share the load, being overly respectful of one another? Yeah, like, what's the situation? I'd love to know. I bet it's better. But then conversely, what happens in the double dad situation? Are there just kids crying and no one attending to them? It's like accidental sleep training. These kids just cry themselves to sleep because the dads cannot wake. (laughs) I just, the flow of my life since having kids has gone like handling it, handling it, handling it less, full breakdown. (laughs) I'm just trying to anticipate the full breakdown stage by just declaring that I'm in the handling it less phase. So my darling, what don't you have time for this week? Well, seeing as we're already raging on men. (laughs) And this is the thing, like now I wish I had something really light to share, but I've had a really frustrating past week. Life. Whole life. (laughs) You know what I don't have time for this week? What don't you have time for? I do not have time for being mansplained to. You know, I've managed to avoid this situation for quite a while, actually, because I surround myself with women in the workplace. It's just my personal choice. The only male person who I work with is my web developer, and he is gentle as a lamb. He is the biggest sweetheart ever. He's also behind a computer screen in another country. He is. Is, but he's just a good fucking egg. Yeah. I have a strict no asshole policy when yeah. it when it comes to anyone who enters my work orbit. I don't care how fucking talented you are at what you do. If you're a dickhead, yeah. I'm not interested in working with you. Totally. Point blank. Let me get to the root of why I don't like being mansplained to and my recent experience. I have a confession to make and I feel like I am contradicting myself, (laughs) which is what we do all the time on the potty. Yeah, welcome. (laughs) You know, I did a big pitch for Clubhouse. I remember. (laughs) I love Clubhouse. Okay. But last week I fell out of love with it for a bit. Oofed. Yeah, because of a man. A man? Just one guy who waltzed into my club (laughs) that I was running with Rachel Tag. And I feel like I have to preface this. I've not had a great history of encounters with male photographers. I know I am grossly generalizing. Hashtag not all male photographers. We get it. (laughs) The majority of our dear listeners are women. Apologies if you take this the wrong way, men. But once again, I found myself in a situation where a male photographer undermined me. Whether or not he meant to do it deliberately or not just is irrelevant. Yeah. So what happened? Okay, so I was running a club and we often attract like-minded female photographers to our clubs. Just a quick feeling if you don't know what Clubhouse is, because a few people might not, it's like a new social media platform that is purely audio and it's live and you can host almost like a podcast, but it's live. People can join and talk and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's an interactive podcast, kind of like the closest thing to Talkback Radio. Yeah. And it's freaking awesome because it's real connection. Anyway, we don't need to sell Clubhouse again. Okay. (laughs) 
I do love it. But I don't love it in the fact that you can't really filter people. And that's a good and bad thing. Yeah. I was up on the clubhouse metaphorical stage. Yeah. I was talking about how when it comes to running a photography business, there are two types of models. Mm -hmm. And one of the models is an all-inclusive model and the other is what's called a sessions booking. And then you do what's called IPS, in-person selling, where you then sell the photographs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they don't get... Old school. It is old school, but it's making quite a comeback. Right, okay. Because... It is a more profitable model. So a lot of photographers are now rallying around. For me personally, and I can only speak from my own experience, I prefer an all-inclusive. Okay. And the way I approach anything in business is what would I as a customer want? Yeah. And when it comes to photography, for me, it's like I just want to know what the upfront costs are. Yeah. People don't like hidden upsells later on generally. Exactly. And that's my personal issue with the sessions model where you pay let's say $150 to do the session you get all these beautiful photos taken and then you're kind of wined and dined through the process of like viewing your gallery but you don't own any of the images until you pay up and then you're like oh but I I'm in love with 30 photos and it's like well that'll be $30,000 exactly and so this is my problem with that model so I was kind of explaining this in clubhouse okay neck minute (laughs) so then old mate gets up on stage and then recaps everything I just said and everything Rachel had just said. And he literally just rehashed what we said, but in his own words. Like it was his idea. But this is my problem is that Clubhouse for me is the ultimate leveler. Yeah. It's like, we're just having a chat. Yeah, yeah. Like no one's got any hidden agenda. I'm not trying to sell anything in Clubhouse. I just want to hang out with fellow photographers, help people if I can, the end. Like it's a really nice community vibe. And I always learn something from other photographers who join the room. But I'm sure there are so many people in there who are like, how can I leverage this for my brand, for my exposure? Yeah, and I hate to say this, but more often than not, it's those male photographers who waltz into the room they get hella opportunistic they put their hand up to come on stage and then suddenly they position themselves in this role of authority Mm -hmm. and that's what I don't like I find time and time again in clubhouse that the male photographers who jump up on stage are there with an agenda to sell something and the other thing he was doing was name dropping people like you know how people do that they name drop as if you should know who they are he made it sound so important I'm going to drop a bomb on you. Go on. You work for yourself. Yes. You can decide who's in the room with you every day, who's in meetings with you, who you work with. You can have a strict no asshole policy. What you experience in Clubhouse, that is working out in the world for most women. Every single day, there is a man who asserts himself as some kind of authority, who says exactly what you said, but packaged up in his words like it was his idea, back to the group, who talk over you who claim your ideas and they get paid a ton more than you. That is what it is like working in the world when it's not completely in your control. And maybe that's why I was so taken aback. And shocked, I imagine. Yeah, I was because I am in my safe Gemma Peanut bubble Yes, where I employ people. But this is good that it shocked you because it's a reminder to us all that you don't just have to cop it and that it's not good enough. 
Well, he made one particular comment that, where he totally undermined me. We went on a bit of a tangent, but back to my point about the two different types of photography models and me loving the all-inclusive model, which is in some ways the harder package to sell, yeah. but I prefer it from a philosophical standpoint. Sure. So then he gets up and he says, oh, totally. Like an all-inclusive model is like going to an all-you-can-eat sizzler Whereas the other model is like fine dining. Right. And in that moment, he just completely likened my business to a budget family diner. Yeah. And his to a three hat restaurant. Correct. <sighs> but stole all your thoughts and in the setup. Yeah. Yeah. And then turned it against you oh, and yeah, made he, you sound stupid. Yeah. He mansplained with my concepts and yep. theories and then, yeah, completely undermined me. Now... Jem in her 20s would have just been like, ouch, and said nothing. But yeah. I fucking piped up. Oh, good. What did you say? Yeah. I said, I totally agree with a lot of things you said. One thing I didn't really agree on was that you kind of likened my business model approach to Sizzler. If I'm honest with you, I actually think of it as more of a degustation where you're paying up front to be part of an eight course food safari journey. Yeah. And it's exciting. Yeah, way to flip his metaphor. I did. And then I just <laughs> carried on onto the next point and just kind of left him for dust. And my heart was pumping yeah. because I knew yeah. that he would have been like, oh, oh whoa, yeah. I've been fucking served here. But you've got to make sure that that kind of behavior doesn't just go by. No, and you have to remember, this is a room that me and Rachel were running. But Jem, imagine that happened to you in a boardroom, but that guy is your boss. He's giving you promotions, paying your paychecks. Yeah. What do you do? I mean, it's paralyzing. Yeah. Because I could have stayed like a deer in headlights in that moment, but I felt bolstered by yeah. my own confidence of the fact that I work for myself yeah. and that this was a room that I was hosting alongside another woman. The other thing he did was when he came up on stage was he was like, oh, I love this chat that you girls are running. Oh, who is this he guy? called us girls. Ugh. And I was like, what the fuck? I'm a 35-year-old woman. Yeah. Don't fucking patronize me. Yeah, wow. Anyway, I was shaking but trying to keep my shit together through the whole thing and I was really touched by the fact that a whole heap of fellow female photographers slid into my DMs <sighs> and said you handled that so well and I'm so glad that you put him back in his place and you did it with class and sass yeah good on you babe um, but fuck me that's my first encounter of it and you're yeah. right like it kind of breaks my heart that there are women in the workforce who deal with this every, every day. day every day I've got a little hack for you if you want one love me a hack so I like to take mansplaining and weaponize it against men. Do you want to hear how I do it? Yes. So when I'm dealing with like suits, because that's where you get the big jobs. Often that will happen to me where my idea is repackaged and said back to me. And I'm like, cool. Thanks for that, Jeff. What I do is I go, all right, you want to play this game? And I'll invite them to speak with some kind of question. Like, so tell me what your business objectives are with this content example they'll tell me and I'll go mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then I do the same fucking thing to them I take every buzzword they lay on the table I take every objective and I don't think for myself anymore I go all right here you go and I give back to them a repackaged version of exactly what they want to hear and you will not believe the nodding and the mmming that goes on and I always book that job it's fucking absurd it's absurd but women 
take what they do to us, use it back to them, and then surprise and delight with your actual talent on the other end. you got to survive those meetings. I just can't believe we're still here. I know. That's I the know. most shocking thing. I know. I always remember my mum saying, like, I lived through the 70s. Yeah. Why are we still here in 2020? Like, it shocks her. And I'm like, oh, my God, I would feel the same if we were fast forwarding 40 years and these conversations were still going on. Yeah. And that's how my mum feels. It's yeah. frustrating. Yeah. Teddy will never mansplain. He will never talk over. He will never interrupt. I will come down on him so hard I gotta say just with the climate at the moment with the rife sexism in the air and everything going on I've been a little jumpy with disciplining Teddy in that way like he will do something that is just a three-year-old being a shit to his sibling I will come down so hard on him and I will like be like no she said no and if someone says no you stop immediately and then like put on a video about consent and my husband's like uh do you think he just wanted that bath toy Oh, God, he's going to end up in therapy. The pendulum has swung too far in the other direction. I don't care, though. As long as he's a raging feminist, he can end up in therapy. It's good for him. (laughs) Therapy is good for us all. Yeah, and what we need are girls who are going to hold their freaking own. Like you and like you modelled for all those women in there. Thanks, Revs. I tried, but it really did get me down. It did. Yeah, it it stays with you. It stuck with me. Like someone who was in that chat room might listen to this podcast and like might mention something to him. I don't even care. No, I don't care. I don't even give a shit. Yeah, no, it doesn't matter. You behave like that, you get called out. We have to do that. The systemic problem is that women are afraid. Oh, if I say something, if I make him feel stupid, he'll feel embarrassed and I won't get promoted. I won't get the jobs. I won't get the thing. That's the systemic problem. So calling it out and not standing for it, if you can, is very important. So you did the right thing. I guess what I hate about this situation for women is there's always a risk on the other side of it. Always. It's just not fair that it has to come with risks. Yeah, it's just utter bullshit. I think it's really good that this happened to you and shocked you so much because you're in your work for yourself bubble because it reminds us women who are out there dealing with this kind of thing every day that it's not okay and someone's got to stand up to it. Jesus. I tell you what, I can't recommend working for yourself enough. (laughs) If you can, it's just to have the ability to choose your own work culture. Yeah. And to set the tone I know. for people who work with you is such a rewarding feeling. I also highly recommend working with all female teams. Oh, I work <laughs> in an all female team, but not only do I work in a majority female team, but also the majority of people I work with are mums. Yeah. And that's another thing that's really important to me is to support working mums because I know how hard it is. So conversations like my son's been sent home from daycare, Corinne, who I work with, she knows that I'm going to get that. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah. That's the kind of supportive environment that I want to be able to create. I think that is huge. And I know when I had my own business, it's hard having mums on your staff. It's hard and it it affects the business, but it also doesn't. Do you know what I mean? It does in the moment when you're on deadline, you've got to get something back to a client and then someone's kid's sick and they can't come in and you can't get it done. And you're like, fuck. But you send one email, it can be tomorrow, the sky doesn't fall in, everything is okay. But it's hard. It's a hard balance, you know? It is. But at the end of the day, you have to always come back to your purpose and your why. Yeah. If I'm going to go through the pressure of working for myself, then I have to create a fun environment. And if that means doing a bit of extra heavy lifting for those scenarios to get to work with the women who I want to work with, who happen to be mums, then I'll cop that. Yeah. Well, we've 
we've solved nothing. We've solved nothing again, but I got some pent up aggression out that I needed to, that I was harboring inside and hadn't fully confronted because I was just trying to get on with life. So this felt a bit like a therapy session. I I feel slightly lighter. (laughs) Yeah, me too. I'm going to stop whinging. I've given myself homework now. I'm going to stop whinging and lean in to my hustle life. And I'm going to continue to fight the good fight for working women and working mums. Fuck yeah. And not let mansplaining continue to be a thing. No, shut that shit down. Yeah. Well, listen, this doesn't help you, but I'm off to Queensland next week. Oh, you've got your holiday. I am going to have a little glass with an umbrella in it in my hand at all times. Oh, I'm going to be living vicariously through you. You know how you trained Rafa to say the Easter Bunny's coming and she's going to take my dummies and all that kind of thing? Yeah. So Isla and I have a little phrase going, which is, what's our dream? And then we both say, swim up bar. (laughs) (laughs) So we're getting straight in that pool. We're getting two shots of pink lemonade, motherfuckers. Yeah. (laughs) And can you put it straight on your room? Number 305. Chuck it on the room, baby. Oh, they're going to think that's so cool. Oh, my God. Swim up bar. Like, I have the fondest memories oh. of going to a resort with a swim up bar. Oh, my God. It's peak 90s family holiday. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the fact that I have childhood memories of a swim up bar just suggests that it is very much stuck in the 80s and 90s. But legit, tell me what's better than a swim up bar. There isn't much it's in this life. It's a pool. Life. You're in your cozy. You're floating around. Oh, look, here's a stool. Sit on down. Aperol spritz bartender. Like, what? What's there to complain about? Nada. I mean, it might rain all week. That might put a dampener on things. Won't stop me. (laughs) I'll be in the swim up bar with hair stuck to my face going, this is great. I'm loving this rosé. I'm loving it. Oh, it's going to be so good. I'm going with my sister and my mum. And I guess the husbands are coming too and the children. And we're going to lie around and we're going to go for great dinners. We've got a nanny booked for a couple of nights. Okay, shut up. No, it's great. No. I'm so excited. I will be stalking the shit out of your Instagram though. In fact, by the time this drops, Mama will be at the swim up bar. <laughs> oh, babe. Give us all the content. I will. I'll be obnoxiously gramming the entire thing. I can't bloody wait. I'm just hoping my uh, contraband Chanel turns up before then. Oh, so you did order it. I don't know. I still don't know. I'm just hoping that it's going to turn up and then we can go to holiday and my husband will be in holiday mode and I'll be like, oh, this whole thing. Don't check the accounts. <laughs> Speaking of holidays, you're off for a weekend away. I am. I am. So I can't really complain. I love how I was just raging at you and how dare you. So while you're sipping cocktails in Noosa, Mm. I'm going to two back-to-back weddings. Oh, weddings. How retro. So retro. (laughs) I haven't been to a wedding in ages. It's one of those interesting wedding scenarios where I feel like I'm doing my wifely duties because to both weddings, I will basically know no one. Plus one. I am the ultimate plus one. Instead of being a bit of a Debbie Downer about it because yep. sometimes I'm like oh I really just want a weekend at home yeah I'm trying to g myself up for the fact that those are the surprise hits yes you yes. know when you go with no expectations yes. to Make something a new friend yes this is why you need to start drinking look another vote for starting drinking again Dear listeners. Well, I don't think we've said dear listeners all episode. We got so dark and heavy. I know. Dear, dear listeners. Dear listeners. I'm stroking your hair through the microphone. (laughs) Come to mama. (laughs) Last weekend. Oh, no. Are you going to tell everyone? Revs and hubs and a few other friends got on the margies. Oh, my God. (laughs) And Revs goes to me, babe, you can't even taste the alcohol in this. I had one sip and I was like, my tonsils were like, (laughs) 
Yeah, because you're 12 years old. You don't no. have the palate. My tonsils were fucking mad. Well, your tonsils should get over it and get on the margies. There's nothing better than a margie in a pool at 9pm when all the kids are still awake. Now, I have to say, that was an impromptu get-together. That was fun. That was a rager. That was a rager. I've got mystery bruises. You do? Like, what's going on here? Whoa. <laughs> I know. Those are hectic, actually. I, know. I don't. Even, I think that was from when I was sliding like a mermaid with my daughter on my back, four <laughs> margies deep from the spa to the pool. Oh god! I think my favorite part of the night was the end of the night. So yep. Revs basically spent four hours in the pool drinking margaritas. Felt like twenty minutes to me, but sure. She was living her best life, and then when it got to ten thirty, which is the equivalent for two a.m. for yep. mums, let's be honest. Yeah. She climbed out of the pool and was like, "Oh my god, I'm drunk!" <laughs> like the revelation just hit her because when you're in a soup of cool water you were just floating about that you can't have vertigo because you're already drunk and then the moment you hit solid ground you were like oh I'm fucked the world's spinning and I was like babe you've been drunk for hours I know and I didn't know it was just high vibes our friend Luke makes some bloody good margaritas he even made me a really nice virgin margarita oh, no. so okay. I can feel I know. part of it I need to pull you off on that you can't ask someone who's just juiced 30 limes to spend like 8 of them on your virgin margarita you know what no Fuck get you. yourself some cordial no I'm advocating for the non-drinkers you absolutely can no. we have rights to no you don't you <laughs> yes. don't have rights to the margaritas yes we do no, you have rights to have fun, but not to the juiced limes. He was freshly cutting and juicing all these limes to make his killer margaritas. And Jem's like, do you reckon you could make a mocktail? And everyone else was just like, oh, God. And Luke, of course, was very obliged. He was like, absolutely, Jem, you are our host. Everyone was like, who invited her? Oh, damn. She's it's the host. <laughs> oh, and eight or nine of these beautifully juiced limes went into a mocktail. Well, waste. You know, waste. You know what? They weren't wasted on me. No. I sung his praises to a point where his ego got so big he took off from the world. No. <laughs> You've lost it. You're too tired. You can't even string a sentence together. What? Oh, Good gosh. sentiment. Your tone said it all. You, you win. Your point wins. I've got nothing. <laughs> you got nothing in the tank. we got to wrap this up. Yeah. I'm literally firing. You're coming off. off two nights of no sleep this week. Wrap it up. All right, come on, let's not spunny it. All right, I'm stoked with my not sponsored. I feel like it's a bit of a public service announcement. Great. Yes, I'm supporting Woolworths and Coles. Oh my God, what? I know, I'm doing a you. I'm cheating on the small businesses. I'm sorry, guys, but don't worry, I'll get back in your favours next week and the week after that and the week after that. Gem's in bed with big supermarket. I am, guys. (laughs) This is a good mum recommendation. From the good mum? Yeah, well, from the good mum. And you know that she's my guru on everything. She's got all the tips. I don't even do the research because I know she's done the research. (laughs) So I know whatever I'm buying is good. Annabelle Carmel Kids Meals. Ah, yes. I've seen you whip these out. The best. They're in the frozen aisle. Okay. Nutritional kid dinners where at the end of a long day, when the last thing you feel like doing is cooking, Mm -hmm. me, like every day, you whack it in for four minutes. Kids fucking love it. Really? Listen to how bougie the menu is. Fish pie. Ooh. Meatball spaghetti. Wow. So bougie. (laughs) I can can see white tablecloths. (laughs) 
meatball spaghetti better put on your suit is this a black tie event or what all right hear me out shepherd's pie come on you know okay no shepherd's pie it's a straight up camp meal but okay continue (laughs) okay fuck off my point is if the good mum says the nutritional value for these foods is good yeah i'm gonna buy it all right and you know what my kids fucking love it it tastes good Thank me later. Fancy frozen dinner meals for kids. They're $4, which I feel like is very reasonable. Okay, I'm actually going to try this. My kids will normally not eat any kind of frozen meal, but I'll give this a crack. It's the perfect scenario. You know those nights when you're like, you're having cereal for dinner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You will thank yourself for having a bunch of Annabelle Carmel meals up your sleeve. But be honest. Yeah. Do you save it for the night you're like, you're having cereal or is this your every single night? <laughs> Look, it's my majority of nights. <laughs> I'll be I'll give it a seventy-five percent. If husband isn't barbecuing sausages, they're getting an Annabelle Carmel meal. Do you know what? My kids have had more variety than Isla did in her first few years of life Fair when enough. you were serving up the same meal on repeat. <laughs> What's wrong with bone dried chicken tenderloins and rice? I ask ya. Nothing. Well, my hashtag not sponsored is an app. Another app, seeing as you all love the Moshi app so much. I know it's expensive, guys, but put a dollar value on a good night's sleep. Come on. My next app, though, also is not free. Oh, revs. <laughs> but it's great. Do the dear listeners a solid. All right. Should I just recommend something else? No. Hugs, guys. Go give someone you love a hug. It costs nothing. It makes you feel amazing. And that's my hashtag not sponsored. You know what? I was really proud of my biggest hit, which was the Lava yeah. Pixar yeah. short. All right. Slam dunk and all the trophies to On you. YouTube. Yeah. Free. All right. Give us your expensive app. So it's ABC Reading Eggs. Now, a lot of people with school-aged children will know about reading eggs because a lot of schools encourage or have logins so that kids can do spelling and maths at home with the ABC Reading Eggs and Math Seeds app. But something I discovered recently when I was logging my daughter in with the school login is that there are preschool activities on the app, which I hadn't really thought about for Ah, many years. So so this is appropriate for Teddy's age This is perfect for Teddy. Now, I've previously talked about how Teddy is not ready for school, but he's also going to be quite old. So there's going to be this year where he's kind of like, you know, who knows, floating around. You have to do us a solid and post that video of Teddy spelling his name. (laughs) It is my my favourite video of him. Or not spelling his name. Correct. I know. He's just, he's resisting it deliberately. I'm like, he knows how to do it, but he won't do it. It's like he's going, fuck you, mum. I won't learn. You can't make me. (laughs) So reading eggs. So reading eggs. So if you go onto the app, you can add another child and you do have to pay for that. But I've added Teddy and he loves it. And it's little things like digital puzzles, putting letters together. It's the sound that letters make. They t- It's so intuitive and cleverly designed. It's from the ABC. So, you know, it's been like properly researched and designed. He loves it and will easily spend an hour doing it. Okay. I'm going to sound like smug mum. Yeah. But we're still an iPad free family. Oh yeah. Isla was too. Isla never went on the iPad till she was like four. But I feel like Second Borns, it's a different story. Second Borns, like, I think he was born looking at an iPad. Like, he's <laughs> yeah. had so much iPad in his life. He probably thought the iPad was his mother when he first came out. He's like, are you my mommy? It's the same thing with how Rafa didn't have any sugar yeah. in her system for the first year of life. And Iggy's first solid was like a chocolate croissant. Yeah, 100%. Isla didn't have sugar for two years. Teddy's was a banana bread. <laughs> 
Uh, well-made plans. But anyway, the preschool section of the Reading Eggs app will keep your preschooler entertained and educated and it's guilt-free iPad time because it's educational. I love that. So good. Highly recommend. Well, Ruff's turning three. I feel like we're getting closer to iPad territory. She'd love it. She would love this. Well, look, I think we've rambled, gotten crazy, gotten ragey, lost our train of thought, solved nothing. It's been another week with us. We didn't have time for this. Rogue. We just went a bit rogue. So rogue. We love you guys. Oh, okay. We've been told we have to ask you to leave reviews. Should we do that now? Yes. Guys, you should leave us a review. I know. It's so funny. We realize that most professional podcasters have a pre-recorded outro that does, you know, like people on YouTube where they're like, hit that bell and hit the like button and hit the subscribe button. And yeah, they, yeah. they kind of like make it by their outro. Well, we don't have that. No, we, we just make one. We just have a silly song that's like, cue the outro. But actually we need to be like, cue asking for reviews. So can we be really thirsty and just say, like, leave us a review? Yeah, it really helps us out. It helps us be become more visible to other moms who are searching for an extended mother's group to be a part of and we just want to like grow our fam and if you've ever slid into our dms and been like can you do two eps a week you'll leave us a review and five stars because that's how we're going to get to that quicker yes guys because we are loving doing this podcast and we wish to continue to keep doing it and making time for it so you know throw us some love if you're feeling it if you need some help like maybe writing's not your thing you could just write something like oh i don't know like this is the best podcast I've ever listened to. Gem and Kate for president. Gem and Kate for president. You know, those kind of things. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> We're so bad at this. We're so bad at this. Cue the official outro. Life. Oh, life. Oh, life. Oh, life. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. Yeah. How did it end? Do, 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 do. Help me out. Do, no, I think do, it's a fade do, out. Shut this shit down.